Hello and welcome back to another episode of Here to Edify. I am your host Astrid and this is episode 17. On this episode I will be sitting down with Victoria Eaton. This is a good one guys. I do want to put a little disclaimer out there before we start that we will be discussing sensitive topics so um, be aware but other than that let's get to it. to welcome you and thank you for um, coming on and talking with me. Uh, this subject that we're going to be focusing on, I think, is so important um, and even more so because we often see it talked about in relation to men and their struggle, but there are a plethora of women that are dealing with the issue of pornography and masturbation. And so I just want to start, I always say thank you for coming on, but thank you for your candidness and your boldness to even be willing to talk about the struggle of um, pornography and masturbation as a woman, as a black woman, because I think that, yeah, like the Lord is good. He takes areas that maybe the world would have us look at as shame and it's like, no, this is victory. And so I want you to just start with telling us your, uh, your testimony. Yeah, so I was introduced, I'm 25 now, um, but I was introduced to actually simultaneously like homosexuality and masturbation literally in the same moment, like in, in one experience when I was like six or probably homosexuality a little bit earlier, but generally they, for me, I was introduced to them at the same time. So, um, you know, I it was one of those like my family, like, you know, you go to your cousin's house and they want to play those different games. And so playing house became the thing. And then my cousin chose me to be the the mother always, every time. And so that is initially, I guess, how I was introduced to like homosexuality was just that, that choice. And um, always like going to the closet to go to sleep and that like that whole situation and then recall reenacting like what happens when you're asleep like that situation or that experience over and over again it's I would definitely say what made me at my young age like you know not necessarily have a full grasp on what sexuality was necessarily like understanding it in the context of like what God says it is versus me just experiencing any type of intimacy in that sense outside of like my parents or like you know I read like outside of family in that sense um between that and then um I know for me like when my uh my family, we moved from the Raleigh area out, out to like the country, basically for us. Um, and within our first few weeks there, like we met this girl, my brother and I, we met this girl who um, was like, she played with us. Like we, we were meeting new little, new other kids and stuff. She was older um, by a few years, but I do remember specifically, she was like uh, asking uh, us to like we were playing around I don't remember what specifically we were doing but somehow she ended up behind our house like sitting on the ground and that's when I saw her 
literally masturbating and she told like me to kiss her and she told me to go first like she she told us both to do that but I was to go first um and so I saw her masturbate basically and and while I kissed her and then I was like I don't understand what she's doing mind you I'm six this is like I, I had just turned six too so I'm not like you know I'm still young very young but yeah, I didn't understand really what she was doing, what was going on, but I obviously understood she liked whatever was going on, basically. And so I was just like, okay, uh, I don't know. And then, um, and then eventually down the line, I was like, I wonder what that was that she was doing. And after, I was like, well, let me imitate, kind of like imitate what I saw. Uh, or, but I knew even in that imitation that it because of how I was exposed to it, that it was something that I wasn't supposed to speak about. Um, both in that instance and with playing house with my cousins, I knew that because of how it was coming up and how it reoccurred um, with playing house, at least, I was like, yeah, this is this. I don't know what we're doing here, but whatever we're doing, we're not really doing it in front of my, parent, my parents or my friend, like my family like that. Um, so it's, this is uh, obviously something to not say much about, um, but I didn't know what to say. Um, so that's basically how I was exposed to both those both both of those things excuse me but um and then just um over the years um it became something that once I explored both of those avenues for myself I was like oh, I, I I see why um the girl behind the house that I kissed liked what she liked and I was like okay uh let me let me I'm gonna keep on going I enjoy it but I knew it was something that I couldn't share um because like I said because it would seem so private um and taboo in a sense as I got older and as I kind of started to understand a little bit more especially with like seeing in movies like kind of imitating and um eventually being exposed to pornography and I'm like oh it's a world of this stuff like there's is more than just what I experienced here and there it's more than just the little clips of people making out in movies there's more there's way more to all of that um, so yeah, just being exposed to all of that really just opened my eyes, um, to the underground, like an underground life or, or, or alternative, um, way of thinking and viewing that stuff. So yeah, um, over time, I, I realized, once I realized it was something that I wasn't, um, over, I was a church kid. I grew up a church kid. So I didn't already had a sense of understanding or over time with like, yes, that this is taboo and no, it's not right, but I enjoy it. But I'm also a church girl and like, I got saved at nine. So I was like, okay, I'm saved. Um, but I didn't, I didn't really start walking into my salvation until I realized, until I started getting convicted strongly um, in regards to both homosexuality and masturbation and um, in pornography, all of it. Um, and even idolatry too. Um, just all of that together. Um, and so, yeah, I like literally was, I remember crying on the floor one night, just was like, God, like, please help me. Um, and then like over time after, um, I, I even actually, I think at one point talked to my dad about it. Um, and of all people, because <laughs> like you think, okay, as a daughter, like, you want to tell your dad that? Um, but I do remember specifically, like eventually talking to him about it as I, um, you know, as I got a little bit more comfortable, I mean, that actually really helped me in my walk for freedom towards, you know, being a better me, um, towards being, 
towards walking away from such a a strong like I don't even know if you would call it a stronghold but just something that just had a hold on me that I just was like I don't really want to not do this I enjoy it like you know so yeah so a few of the things that are really sticking out to me is uh as you were saying this taking place and you know this is happening behind the house this is happening you know kind of in, in in quiet and private and so that that um relays that this is something to be kept under wraps um and I I, I don't know if you necessarily experience and I, and I'd love to hear but I think another thing that the enemy does is he takes the shame of that and keeps it further under wraps, you know, like feeling as if like, okay, this, this is something that's kept away. This is something that is private. And then now I feel shame because, you know, saying you're a church kid. So you kind of know there's like a, "Uh, this is not okay. So how, how did you just get the boldness to be like, even to talk to your dad, you know, like, did you all feel, do you feel like you had a family that fostered conversation, open and honest conversation? Definitely. My, so my family is, I mean, yes, they're very much a, like I said, we, we go to church all the time and, and they actually over time helped me to really see that like, you know, they're the ones who coached me to understand like what is getting saved and all of that. So I knew I couldn't, I could obviously trust them. Um, and over the years I've seen, I had seen them have honest conversations with each other um, and with us about things. Um, and for me, I was a daddy's girl at heart. So for me, it was like, okay, I'm gonna say anything to my dad. I could tell him and he really won't, you know, he'll, he knows how to help me understand things in a way that makes it make sense for me. So I just, it was a comfort thing for me in the moment. But I know initially I considered uh, that playing house, uh, playing house with my cousin, my older cousin, um, eventually I told them about that that happening multiple times over and over. Um, I remember being in church one time um, and then the youth pastor at the time, he was, I don't remember what he preached about or was teaching about to us, but it was something regarding about being uncomfortable and, you know, really just, it was something about like being uncomfortable and just honoring God and even like with your body and just different things like that. And I somehow was strongly convicted and I remember later that night, I was like, you know, I cannot hold this any longer. I've got to tell my parents. Um, and so I remember I told them, like I said, about the situation. And they literally, obviously, they were so angry um, about the situation just because they had no clue. Um, but, uh, yeah, I just told them. And then because I had that open door to at least tell them how I was introduced to all of this, Um it really helped them kind of frame it a little bit better with how I understand things um, at that, or how I did understand things at that time and how things came to be. Um, So definitely, yeah, in short, they allowed me to open the door. We always kind of worked on an honesty type of thing. They didn't, they didn't take me lying to them at all. So, um, but they also understood I'm saved, like, you know, God can help you with this. They knew I have, you know, God with me, the Holy Spirit with me. And I, that kind of was also infiltrated into my story of telling them like, y'all, like we had just came from church. So I was like, y'all, you know, I, this is what they talked about in church. So I feel compelled to share this story. So, yeah. Yeah. So you were saying at that time, 
giving your parents a framework for how for how you were seeing things. Um, and it makes me think of Jackie O'Perry had mentioned um, before that she believes like we are all sexually broken in some way, shape or form. And I was just like, that's that's good because we are, you know, regardless of what level, you know, of brokenness or how this came about, like we are all um, broken. And it just makes me think of these experiences that you are um, that you are presenting it's very much so like we know we know that like sex is is from God, but if it is handed to us broken, then what it looks like fixed, what it looks like operating the way it should seems odd as opposed to the brokenness of it seem seeming odd. Um, and then it's just the fact of like we need we need to be taught in the way, you know? And so it just makes me think of like, you know, like it says in the word that like the, the word is good for admonishing us, but then also just like teaching us in the way that we should go. Um, and so I think your story also just speaks to the importance of like training up a child in the way that they should go. Like like not just any way, this, this way. And it also makes me, kind of ask the question like what what was that moment one where you were like okay this cannot go on anymore because um so I should say I'm going off of you you gave your testimony um and you have it on your website and we will point people to that because you just said it so eloquently and beautifully um but you stuck you struggled with this for years so tell us how many years but then also what was that moment for you when you were like okay I I'm gonna stop or I'm gonna try to stop I remember specifically, I don't, I know I was around 16, but um, I don't remember like, like the day. I'm not like one of those people who's like, I know the day, the time, the act. not exactly. But I do remember specifically one night I was laying on the, um, I slept on the floor at the time. I had a whole bed. I don't know, but I was sleeping on the floor that night. <laughs> um, and I just remember a lot of times after I would like masturbate, I would feel like, I would always say, I feel like Lent. Like, I don't, like, in the, like, leading up to was not that. Um, but uh, but right after every single time, I was like, I, like, the worthiness, like, I don't even feel like me. I feel like, I feel like Lent or less than Lent is what I used to say to myself, um, which is, it was sad, but I just remember literally calling on Holy Spirit, like, okay, God, like, if I, I pulled the, like, you know, got it. If I do this one more time, will you please help me in this situation? But I, I felt like God honestly was very, he honored my, my, my desire and my, my will to want better. So to actually want to honor my own body instead of idolize my body and my imagination enough to to dishonor it. Like he, 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 he honored the fact that I wanted better for myself as a whole. So, um, I, so that was that I literally was, I I remember I was like 16 ish or so, but I remember crying on the floor, um, after masturbating, like just saying like, God, I'm, I'm done. I, I literally am tired of feeling this way. I'm literally I'm tired of like going down the rabbit hole of emotions to get to this point. I'm tired of waiting till like, 12, 1, 2, 3 a.m. to even try to get a fix of the same feeling that never is as good as the first time. Like that, I just, I was so sick of that. I was tired of having to tiptoe around my parents, my all of that. 
Um, so all of that, the hiding, the, the manipulation, the, all of that that was all mixed in with that, it's like, it's not like it's just pornography or it's not like it was just the act of masturbating or even the feeling, it's everything else that was attached to it that, and then the feeling after too, like all of that is what made me say like, God, I'm, I'm, I'm done. Um, and so once I like really just like started replacing, I started just replacing like my, my time and actually going to bed <laughs> a little bit earlier. Uh, I started going to bed a little bit earlier, not too much earlier, but I just started making sure that I, I don't have a lot of idle time in my mind. So I'm like, okay, let me replace uh, the time that I would, you know, the 12, 1, 2 AMs. Let me actually pray. Like, don't, don't wait till after I masturbate to pray. Like, no put that aside let's start with praying um and so I started doing that um overall the like I, I started masturbating and stuff around five and then I was ex you know eventually I started you know somewhere along the way I was exposed to masturbation or um pornography and all of that and so I think I I was pretty active in all of that for about 10 years so about five or six to about 16. Um, and then um, after that, it I don't remember like the specific date of like how long it took for me to specifically stop. I just remember continually like mentally making an effort to like specifically read the word of God and actually pray like and not to be like a not to have like a boisterous prayer or a prayer where I feel like I need to say specific things, but literally just sharing my heart to God in the moment. Um, and so just doing that, um, and like I said, reading the word of God really helped me. Um, and so, yeah, that's really what helped me and kept me. Yeah. And, and so you're, you've kind of spoken to this, but I, but I still kind of want to ask the question of like, what did or does guarding your heart look like? Um, for the person that's like, okay, I, you, because you think about it, as you were saying, you you made the decision, all right, I need to go to sleep earlier, I need to pray, I need to read, like, it is, there's an action behind it, it's not just, I don't want to do this anymore, and so it just falls away, like, it is, it is an effort that's put in, so what does guarding your heart look like, so that you don't fall back into, what does that look like, in a, in a practical sense? In a practical sense for me and to me, I think guarding, guarding your heart or for me, guarding my heart looked and still does, looks like reminding myself why I don't do that anymore. Like why I want to honor God. Why do I want to honor God with my body? Why do I want to honor God with my mind? Um, and so when I, when I keep that in my mind, it made it easy, e not easy, but easier to like keep my mind focused on and not stray to other things that will cause me to, to fall astray. So specifically, you mentioned Jackie Hill Perry a second ago. Literally, I remember seeing her in a, a poem. Uh, she came to North Carolina for a poem or uh, some type of something even I was at. She performed a poem. And I was introduced to Passion for Christ movement, P4CM at the time, um, or for short. Um, and so literally going and exploring that passion for Christ movement and um, learning about the other poets and even ha they had the same struggles that I did or sharing their struggles. I think literally in a sense seeking out other people who somewhat understood or could at least identify with those same feelings, the same thoughts, but still saying, but I honor God. I think that helped me to guard my heart and my mind. Um, and then um, 
just yeah, and being open and honest about how I feel when I feel, however I feel, um, to God and then to somebody else who can keep me accountable. Um, those are literally two things that help me to um, guard my heart, as well as literally like not watch certain things, um, like or not listen to certain things. So I know, like for example, even now. I try to stay away from things on Netflix that are rated MA because or, or I, if it is a, a rated MA for mature audience. Um, back in the day, I used to look for specifically anything on the TV that was rated MA and it had to say sexual content, like specifics. Like I was like looking for that stuff. Now I'm like, OK, God, I, that's not, you know, that's not where my heart is. And I don't want to be there anymore. I want to find things that um, are not dishonoring to you and that kind of thing. So I specifically look for things that are okay for me to watch, um, aren't OD and um, in sexual content and things like that. Um, and then also even with music, like I, I limit, like I love R&B, but I limit how often I listen to it or how much in a sense, like I'm, I'm conscious of how often I'm listening to it. Where is my mind? Why do I like the music that I like? Where's Where does it take my mind when I'm listening to that? How does that affect my spirit? All of those things I kind of think about and I'm just like, okay, like listen to the Holy Spirit. If you feel like this is like a little bit too much um, or even if you feel like it isn't too much, just make sure, I make sure that I'm like, just including the word of God, including even um, like other, like other songs or other, things like that into my everyday routine so that it's not like I'm just bringing in a bunch of nonsense into my heart and into my spirit. So that's, those are just a couple of ways I would say that I guard my heart in short. Yeah, so I think one, it just speaks to the fact that what we put in is what ultimately seeps out, you know, so it is very, very important uh, what we're putting in. But then also hearing you talk about P4CM and hearing other people's struggles, it speaks to the fact that like how important testimonies are. So like I said, like you talking is and, and saying this is what I struggle with is huge. Like, again, it just keeps ringing in my head like this is the reason why the Lord brings things to the light like it is an effective in a positive way when things are brought to the light um, for us to see that the Lord can sustain like the Lord can bring us out of of the things that is like this does not glorify you but he can also sustain us in, in a way that sometimes it's easy for our sin to kind of isolate us and feel like oh it's just me yes yes I know when I was I remember one of the times that I was like, on like I was masturbating her. And then after, I remember my brother came downstairs. I don't remember what he said to me. I have a twin brother, by the way. So he's the same age. Um, so he came downstairs late at night and he didn't necessarily catch me. But I remember straight up saying to him, I was like, I feel like I'm in a pit. I feel like I'm in a, a black hole or like this. I specifically, I think I said, uh, this is like a sex pit. And and I was like, I feel like it's hard to get out. Um, and I was I remember looking him in his eyes and saying, like, you don't ever want to be in something like this. Um, specifically because it's it's something that can have a strong hold on you if you don't allow the Holy Spirit to truly deal with your heart regarding that, um, to help you get back up um in the midst of that. Um, yeah, so it's it's definitely important. It's it's so important to 
to share with other people. Um, I literally, I remember listening to Ezekiel Ozanwu, his poem Exodus, um, and almost was my favorite. I think Exodus was another, a good one where he specifically lays out the 10 commandments and he shares how he correlates that to masturbation and just sexual impurity and literally uh, commandment by commandment goes in and talks about how like how this dishonors God. And it, I was like, I was so baffled. Oh, not baffled, but amazed. I was just like, whoa, like this is necessary. We need more people to speak up and more women specifically. Guys talk, well, they'll talk about it more than women, but I'm like, sexual impurity is sexual impurity. Um, and it's not, it's no respecter of person. So it can, it's happening to women or women are, women are masturbating. Women are watching porn. There are, women are, you know, we're doing things that God doesn't honor God. So it's important to, um, in our walk with Christ to be open and honest, not just with ourselves and to God, but with other people about it so that they can be free. That is the whole point of the Holy Spirit, you know, not just working on our hearts, but he wants to, he wants to get us right so we can help tell other people, hey, the Holy Spirit is meant for us to, he's there to guide us so that we can help other people. Um, um, and, and so that the Holy Spirit can do that within their lives in the same way that you're sharing your story about that with, you know what I'm saying? So it's, I love it. It's so necessary to share these stories, especially us women. It's so necessary. Did you ever doubt that like you could come and be forgiven or you could get out of this sex pit? Like, like, did you, yeah. How did, how did the change in the way that you were like, oh, this is what I've been doing for all this time. And now I'm like, no, I'm, view yeah, I, I don't want this anymore. Did it change the way that you viewed God? I think, I feel like it didn't, in, yes, but not in the bad sense. It wasn't necessarily like I doubted God. It was more like, I know of God, but because I, and I, I mean, like I said, I got saved when I was nine because I was in the church and I understood the basic of the basics of, okay, Jesus came and died on the cross for me and that kind of thing. But understanding that second part of there's the Holy Spirit there to help you, that that's which when you got saved, he gave that in his impartation of himself to you so that you can start walking like him a little bit more, not to be, per not to be perfect, but to be perfected. I felt like understanding that is what helped me to see like, oh, God's not just looking at me as like this little black speck of paint on the earth like he's actually looking at me as like his child as some not just his creation but his glorious creation um so i i started viewing god as more than just a deity more than just something we talk about that's not really relevant i really started understanding how we experience god um, through the Holy Spirit, um, through Jesus, but through the Holy Spirit. So, yeah. So I started experiencing him differently, thus thinking of him differently, for sure. So I want to go back to the time in between, like you said, you kind of, you know, deciding, all right, like, I don't, I don't want to do this. And, and the Lord bringing you to the point of like, not, you know, actively doing that. I think it's important that you're talking about like it 
it was a process. It wasn't, I mean, some people by the grace of God, you know, they can have something and be like, they throw it away and it's done. But for a good chunk of us, it is, um, it's a process. It is the Lord like carrying us through. It is falling and getting back up. Um, did you ever get discouraged? And like, what, what was that? What was that process like of like, you know, in between, what was that in between like? And yeah, did you get discouraged that it's like, ah, I'm not perfect the day after I said, I don't want to do this anymore. Yeah. Um, I didn't, um, uh, I think because I don't know that I got discouraged necessarily because I was more so focused on other things. Like I, I, because I changed my mindset about it, it allowed me to not get into my feelings about being imperfect. So, or, or not to wallow in my feelings of being imperfect. Cause that's, like I said, I was like the Holy Spirit. Like I literally kept thinking to myself, like, like if I failed, I was like, okay, the Holy Spirit's there. Like, it's, it's not about the fall. It's about getting up. It's always about getting up. It's never about how many times you fall. Um, so I, like, I know I, there were times where I, I, I would go back and I would, I would just make sure I would go back and like I said, read the word, but be open and honest to my, uh, to my dad and a little bit to my family, just my family. Um, I know for me when I, so that was around 16 years old when I was like, okay, Lord, take it. Um, and then I went on to college around 17, um, at 17 years old. And so literally as soon as I got to college, I remember, um, I got, not that I willingly did it, but I happened to get plugged, not happened to, it was Jesus, but I got plugged into a Bible-based campus ministry. And then a friend of mine basically was like, I see the Holy Spirit all over you on my fir literally first day in math class. I was just like, well, forget me trying to be something I'm not out here. <laughs> she was like, I see the Holy Spirit all over you. And that quickly reminded me like, you're not here on, you're not here on this campus or on this earth to be something you're not, you're here to be who God's called you to be. Um, and that also reminded me to the, in a sense, almost like the standard that God set for me. And so because of that, that included me, not just abstaining, but more so like honoring God, like literally taking the time to worship and honor God in my everyday actions. Um, so yeah, I, because of, because a friend quickly noticed that before I could have a chance to, to, to acknowledge it in a new surrounding, it forced me to like have to not force me, but it made, it reminded me to be who I should be, who, who God's called me to be instead of who I wasn't sure I wanted to be, you know, um, in a different space. Um, so, yeah. So uh, th this next question, feel free to even elaborate more on that. I'm thinking of the person that um, may be currently struggling with this um, or maybe come out of it, but it still like has the the shame or like, you know, the, yeah, the heaviness of like, this is what I was in. Um yeah, like what what would what would you say to that person? Um, and I, I do kind of want to hone in on on the fact that you were saying like it is not just about abstaining, because I think a lot of times that what we're that's what we're fed. Just stop. Just stop. The Lord will give you, you know, to stop. But I think even what you are describing is the Lord not just helping you to abstain like he he has renewed your mind. Um. 
And so, yeah, I, I just want to hear, yeah, for the person that's like, I'm, I'm in this and I don't see it out, you know, or I've been in that, but I still feel the shame. Yeah. What, what would you say? Um, I, my, literally, I, I think to myself, like, literally, that's what Jesus died for is to literally carry that shame for us. Um, and it sounds easy to say. But when, but if you literally take the time to just use your words to tell God, hey, I feel shameful for, for, for this. Or even if you don't feel shameful just yet, maybe you're not at that place just yet. You might, for someone who isn't there, they might just be, you know, in a different headspace. I, I literally, my, my thought is literally, quite literally to look to Jesus because he can help point out or look look in the scriptures um and then also connecting with people help they can help people and literally quite literally the word of god can help you see like in the sometimes in the most simplest ways like one he's there he's he's with you he's with you when you don't feel him he's with you when you quote do feel him like he's the holy spirit's there god is always around us whether we acknowledge him all the time or not um so to someone who's literally in the sex pit or um or wants to not just abstain but wants to grow i literally would tell them to just um to like i said like really it's to me it's about being honest specifically with god um and and literally sometimes making uh that scripture that talks about creating me a clean heart and renew a right spirit in me, that scripture, taking that to heart, talking to God and telling, ushering your, your praises, but also your worries and how you actually feel and why you feel the way you feel. Talk to God about it. Also talk to God about why you want to, you want to, um, why you want to stop, why you got to where you are. Like as if God doesn't know, he already knows, but literally him, you taking that time to talk to God specifically, just you and God allows you to, to be free enough and open enough to see what he has to say back. Um, so I think, I think that's probably what's, what's really important. Um, and always, of course, I can't stress enough using your word <laughs> in the midst of it to, to also kind of to, to understand it too. And then connecting with other people. Um, uh, there's a scripture that talks about confessing your faults and praying for one another that you may be healed. Um, Cause it's a deliverance process for this. And it's not something that just happens, like I said, instantaneously. Um, it's something that is continual, but um, uh, that the rest of that scripture, just says the effectual fervent prayer of the righteous avail availeth much so that means that like i can i can connect with somebody um even if, if it's me if it's you if it's somebody i know that they they might not know me all like that but they they know that I, or say i don't know them that well but i know that hey they at least say that they're they're a christian and they they are um they're honest in, in how they live their life go to them be open with them um, or, or just, or, you know, gauge it, just say, Hey, like, I, do you mind if I share with you a little bit of me? Like, you don't even have to go all in just yet and share your whole life story and all your struggles, but literally opening that door to have that relationship with another person who can eventually help, help you in that process can also be super beneficial. Um, that friend that I mentioned, um, that was like, I see the Holy Spirit all over you back in college. She was the one I, I shared this with. I, I was like, hey, um, 
like literally, I don't, she didn't know that just, it was just a few years ago or not even that long ago, but um, in college, she was like, yeah, I, you know, um, she wasn't surprised by me sharing my story with her. In fact, she was, she was appreciative and she could identify with me. And once, uh, once she identified with me, it reminded me again, I'm not alone in this. There's a whole community of people who are just not talking about it all the time, but there's a whole community of people who are willing to share with you, to, to confide, to, to speak with you, to, lo to love on you, you know, the way God intended for his children to do. Um, so yeah, I, I hope that answers your question, your question. Yeah, yeah, it definitely just speaks to how important community is. Like community is important, um, like you said, just for, for uh, the edification and upbuilding of one another, but also like, you know, the word also talks about having other people to be able to admonish us when we need it, you know? And so, um, the beauty of, of being known and, and that we, uh, yeah, like, like the Lord is like, I'm here for you. And I've also, I have a body, you know, to be here with you as well. I have not, um, just left you to fend for yourself. And so, um, yeah, this is just good. Like this is this is so good. Um my my prayer and my hope is that more women would feel emboldened and empowered to speak um about this struggle and the fact that like God is bigger, you know, like he's he's bigger than the struggle. Um and uh yeah, I think like is if it's not covered up uh, there's there's just so much that the that the Lord can do. Like we don't we don't need to keep it covered and hidden away. Like no, like let's let's shout it from the mountaintops for the Lord to get the glory. Yes, yes, God is so much bigger than our darkest moments. Like he he really is. But when you are in those dark moments, all you see is darkness. Like I said, in my mind, I was in a sex pit, and I was like, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know, I don't see, I'm not seeing a lot of light in this moment. Um, but just. Um, but I, in, in that moment, you know, even then I was like, okay, there's a glimmer somewhere. I've got to find a glimmer. Even if I don't see, I'm going to find it. Um, and so, yeah, like God is bigger. He's always bigger. Even, and it doesn't even have to be just this struggle. Like he's always bigger than that. And we just have to, to, just to see to it, you know, just to, just to walk towards that. Um, even if we're stumbling, if, if it's every day, if it's all the, you're still stumbling. Okay. Anyway, like I, it's like, don't, don't get too in your head about that, about your stumble. Um, which is, I think another trick of the enemy to get us caught up and to get us back into the cycle and to leave us hopeless and faithless. So yeah, like get back up and just keep on walking. It's a, okay. <laughs> I promise you. Yeah. Yeah. May we continue to stumble forward. Um, and, and, um, yeah, like you said, it, it is, it is the getting back up. Um, so I want to ask you just like, yeah, as a final question, what are your words to lift by? Oh, ooh. what are my, what are my words to lift by? Yeah. I love that. Um, my, my words to lift by are to just to, I feel like I have a mix of stuff. Um, but, um, my, there's, there's this one scripture that just remi literally is like my life scripture in my mind. It's like, look, it's not in my Instagram bio just because it's, it's, it's because it's in my heart. Um, but it says being confident in this very thing that he who has begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. Um, which is, that's, 
I live by that. So for me, it it's my reminder. It's my it's 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 my reminder to to just keep on walking, um, and to and to keep on growing and keep, and to keep on seeking God as I walk, um, because you know there, He has greatness in store for all of us, um, all of His children. Um, he he just has so much in store for us, and you know all it takes for us is to walk in faith to get there, um, with without having to worry of or. Ideally, not have to worry about the, our setbacks, our strongholds, our our shortcomings. Like that's not God's not upset about that. He we're born into sin. Like we're He's not upset about that. He's there for us to to literally. He's there to be with us and to walk with us and to commune with us so that we can worship Him and honor Him as we walk. Um, and so, yeah, that that scripture. Um, it's probably my one thing. And then I guess the other thing would be to just, um, just to, to not live in your head, but just to enjoy your life, um, to enjoy, enjoy what God is doing within you, um, because he's going to keep on doing it. Um, he's going to keep on growing you in so many other areas of your life. Um, and you'll see um, the fruit of literally honoring him in your life in so many ways in more ways than you might even expect. So, yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, obviously, the uh, subject matter for for this this specific episode is kind of different from what you are doing. But I do want to kind of just shout out that you're a photographer and um, I want you to uh, tell people where they can find your work. And I'll also post that in the show notes below. Oh, yes. Cool. Beans. And by the way, thank you for having me, by the way. I so appreciate you. To find me, I, uh, I'm on Instagram. Um, it's uh, underscore Victorian. So it's Victoria and then N and then E. Um, and then my website is Victorian.org. So Victoria N-E.org. And you can see all my, um, you can see my, just the photos I take, illustrations, the like so graphics and stuff like that. All the goodness is all up there. Yeah. And guys, go check out her testimony. That's where I, I first saw it was on um, her website. Yeah, I just can't thank you enough for your boldness and for just like allowing the Lord to use you and your testimony. And um, may he continue to do so. Thank you so much. And what an amazing platform. I appreciate you. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to this episode of Here to Edify. New episodes drop every Wednesday and can be found wherever you listen. And as always, I hope to catch you listening next time.